like to switch postures, please do so now. Settle your body, speech, and mind in the natural state with a special emphasis on utterly releasing your your respiration into its own natural rhythm from breath to breath. Let your awareness rest right where it is, resting in its own place, in its own natural stillness and clarity. Let it illuminate the space of your body. Let that space be filled the tactile sensations, especially those pertaining to the respiration. Fill the space of your awareness with these non-conceptual appearances so there's no space for chit-chat or dialogue. Let that space remain silent and gently attend to the duration of each in-and-out breath, noting whether it's long or short.
There's no need to focus your attention on the space of the body, the tactile sensations, or the duration of the breath. Let this be just a peripheral awareness as you primarily let your awareness rest in its own place, knowing itself in stillness. Now with this peripheral awareness of the in and out flow of the breath, and with your eyes at least partially open, your gaze vacant, with each out-breath, utterly release your mind, release your awareness into space, release all thoughts into space, every aspect of your mind. Release your mind into an emptiness of thoughts, an emptiness of appearances, an emptiness of any kind of object. Even an emptiness of space itself. As the breath flows in, without withdrawing your awareness in any way, simply accentuate or intensify the awareness of awareness. With each out-breath, relax more and more deeply, releasing everything, every object of mind.
whatever thoughts or images arise, without giving them any special attention, simply let them release themselves right back into the space of awareness. And maintain this non-conceptual flow of knowing With the outrest, dissolve your mind into emptiness. With the in-breath, let that emptiness be pervaded by the clarity, the luminosity of awareness. When you come to a point where there's no difference in your experience during the out-breath 
and in the in-breath, where you simultaneously experience or have merged your mind with this objectless, open expanse, and you are vividly aware of the luminosity of consciousness itself, when there's no longer any difference, when these two experiences are non-dual, of the same taste, then release the oscillation, release any deliberate attention given to the breath, and simply rest there. Your mind merged, dissolved into space, luminously aware of the non-duality of your own awareness and of objectless space. And let's continue practicing now in silence.
So I need to correct my error from Saturday. I just copied the wrong thing. It wasn't actually a wrong translation. Uh, what I thought was from the Vajra Essence, it was from the other text. So this will just be very brief. I'm just going to read through this with very little commentary. But this provides some context for this practice of merging mind with space. We've seen very clearly that this was the final instruction from Padmasambhava in his teachings on Shamadu without a sign. She says, do that, and now just keep on doing that until your mind has settled in its natural state, right? Chief shamatha. But then we see in these two, these two, really they're revelations or Gnostic visions of Dujum Lingba, receiving these teachings from Padmasambhava, that this is actually where he begins. You know, and again, more it's like a placement exam. So here's first from the Vajra Essence. And you can find this <clears throat> in, in my book, The um, Stilling the Mind, which includes this whole section from the Vajra Essence. But here he states, Padmasambhava speaking, by taking the mind itself as the path, a person of superior faculties directly actualizes the nature of existence of suchness, that's tatata, you know, very nature of reality, ultimate reality, that's dramata, and realizes the consummation of samsara and nirvana, achieving liberation in the pristine, pristine domain of absolute space. So that's the person of simultaneous simultaneous individuals, person of superior faculties, they hear the teachings and they just, they're there. They immediately gain realization of rikpa. They've realized emptiness, of course, and they achieve liberation. So these people do not have a gradual path. They hear, they're finished. You know? Vini, vidi, vici. They, they come, they, they, vini, they come, they see, they conquer. Very Julius Caesarish. Okay? So that's a person of superior faculties. But now, a person of middling faculties achieves certainty in the formless realm, and a person of inferior faculties experiences joy in the form realm. For a person of the lowest faculties, the path is experienced as happiness in the desire realm. Please, teacher, explain how this occurs. So this actually wasn't Padmasambhava speaking from that manifestation, but from one of the entourage of his disciples, who are his own emanations. So it's not very far from Padmasambhava. But here's Padmasambhava then. And he's referring to one of the disciples. These are archetypal disciples. This one is called Vajra of Mind. Doesn't sound like Fred Spinklebang. <laughs> you know. So he pro- replied, Oh, Vajra of Mind, first merge this mind with external space and remain in meditative equipoise for seven days. So this is much easier than 20 days, only seven days, right? So th- seven days. Okay, you just seven days, day and night, do that. Then fix your attention on a stone, a stick, a physical representation of the Buddha, or a syllable, and remain in meditative equipoise for seven days. So totally into space and then totally grounded, right? In some object like a stick or a Buddha image. Then imagine a clear, radiant, five-colored bindu at your heart, fix your attention on it, and remain in meditative equipoise for seven days. There's your placement exam. The exam has three parts, part A, part B, part C. For some, this places the mind in a state of bliss, luminosity, and vacuity. This experience, now, that sounds familiar? This experience, devoid of thought, like an ocean unmoved by waves, is called 
Shamatha with signs. Shamatha with signs, still an object. But now, through this practice, some cannot calm their thoughts because the mind is so agitated, and they experience uncomfortable pains and maladies in the heart, the life life force channel, and so on. Those with unstable minds and with a wind constitution, that is the vata, or with coarse minds, may fall unconscious or slip into a trance. Such people should relax and let thoughts be as they are, continually observing them with unwavering mindfulness and careful introspection. And then he's laying out for the rest of that whole section, taking the mind as the path, settling the mind in its natural state. Right. So that's for people who really can't succeed in that little three-week bracket. And now since I've read it before, but this is what threw me, because I was kind of merging these two and saying this, this wasn't working. That was the whole passage, the reference to it, right? And now just, this is just a reiteration of this uh, comparable passage, but not identical, from the enlightened view of Samatabhadra. And again, this is in the midst of a dialogue. The Bhagavan replied, O apparitional display of disciples, listen. Now it is crucial for you to know your own causal characteristics. There are two kinds of paths. Individuals with supreme faculties proceed within themselves by way of the direct crossing over, and individuals with middling or inferior faculties proceed gradually independent upon the grounds and paths. So people of superior faculties, they just skip shamatha, vipassana, and tekture, the cutting through to, to pristine awareness. They just skip that. They're basically, they have so much momentum already, they go like this, and all the dust is gone, and then they're just finishing the job, going to the culminating phase of Dzogchen, where they're fully manifesting the full power, compassion, wisdom, and so forth of pristine awareness. But now for those of middling or inferior faculties, then, okay, now get used to it. You have a gradual path. And so, once again, how do you determine? Are you a person of superior faculties? that just There's no gradual path for you. You just go right into the culminating phase. Or are you a person of middling or inferior faculties, in which case you have a gradual path? To investigate this, to know where you're placed, he says, first of all, merge your mind with empty external space and remain in meditative equipoise for 20 days. So, by so doing, individuals of the first type will perceive the originally pure, essential nature of the primordial ground with ground being, ground with the eye of wisdom, and they will identify this within themselves. So those are indeed individuals of superior faculties. Those are the ones that they know. If you just do that for 20, 20 days, they know there's that, which case then, go to the end of the book, last chapter, and just pick up there. That's where you belong. Otherwise, the rest will be kind of redundant, slow. What are you messing around there for? You know? But now for, and now he, it wasn't a mis- I did check it. It was not a, mis- a mistake. Who was it that said, the only time I made a mistake was when I thought I'd made a mistake, but I actually hadn't? <laughs> That's not me. But in fact, I thought I'd made a mistake here, and I, I hadn't. Um, it is indeed individuals of medium and inferior faculties that said individuals of the latter two types. Indeed, yes, that's correct. Medium and inferior. Well, these people will be tormented by confusion and distress when they just release their mind into space for 20 days. Confusion, depression, and so forth. And since their minds do not seem to merge with space, it's just too sticky, you know? They they kind of like, ugh. It keeps on sticking to your fingers, you know? You just can't, can't get rid of it. It keeps on coming back. Like, you know, like... Mind very sticky. 
I think it's called attachment. So, since their minds do not seem to merge with, merge with space, they will pass the time in fabrications and striving, trying to achieve something that they don't have, and while, be, and while becoming caught up in many thoughts. Here is the way for them to enter upon the grounds and paths. So they shouldn't be discouraged, don't beat yourself up, just recognize. You have to take a gradual way here if you really want to proceed on the path to liberation. They should practice by abiding in consciousness. So there it is. Right? That stillness of your awareness. They should practice by abiding in consciousness and recognizing the movements of thoughts as follows. Like people watching, and this whole, that theme right there, it's so beautifully stated. They should practice by abiding in consciousness and recognizing the movements of thoughts. That stillness. Stillness. I've mentioned to one or two of you just a couple of months ago, and I had the wonderful opportunity to meet with, with my Lama Gyaturimachi. We were just meeting. My wife was there, but it was just a one on one conversation. And uh, I told him that I would be very happy to stop teaching and just spend the rest of my life totally in retreat. And uh, he said, I give you the finger. <laughs> I quote, and I just thought that was really fun. You know, like, no. <laughs> you know? But then it was only after he, after he said that, you know, like, no, don't do that. That would not please me. I think that was pretty clear implication, you know. But it really occurred to me, it was only after that he gave me that nice little trans- transition that I came up with this. He gave me this finger, the index finger, straight up. That's the finger he gave me because he's actually not a crude person at all. But he does use sometimes very tough speech. Yeah. But that's the little finger he gave me. That was the transition. <laughs> so, like, so now how, what's the mood, what's the ambience? As you're resting in the stillness of your awareness, observing thoughts arise and pass and so forth. Well, as follows, like people watching a show of optical illusions. You know, like the illusionist, David Copperfield and so forth. It's like, you know, or special effects. That's what we have now in television, movies, and so forth. That is a show of optical illusions, right? It's called special effects. And really enjoying it, kind of knowing it's all fantasy, knowing it's all empty. There's nothing really there, but enjoying it, right? So like people watching a show of optical illusions, by meditating diligently with keen enthusiasm, all the subtle and coarse assemblies of thoughts will be calmed in the ocean of the primordial ground. They will abide in a state of unwavering stillness, and there will arise the experience of shamatha. There was a hidden text in that statement when he said all the subtle and coarse assemblies of thoughts will be calmed. That's in Tibetan, shi, which means calm, peaceful. Right? And then in the ocean of the primordial ground, they will abide in a state of unwavering stillness. That's ne. So he just gave the etymology of shi, ne, which is shamatha. She is calmed, like Jeffrey Hopkins came with the translation, calm abiding. It's very nice. So calmed, but the ne is just stillness. And so that's the ambience, that's the feel, that's the meaning of the word. When you've achieved shi ne, shamatha, 
she, nay, all the assemblies of thoughts have been calmed and you remain in stillness. And thus there will arise the experience of shamatha. At this time there will arise, and I'm so familiar with this, that is, I've drenched my mind in these words. At this time there will arise bliss like the warmth of a fire, luminosity like the breaking of the dawn, and non-conceptuality like an ocean unmoved by waves. So, two parallel, slightly different differentiation, perhaps, of uh, superior, middling, middling, and inferior, but the message is very clear. In the first passage, when he said, merge the mind with space for just one week, but then he follows that immediately by practices that are unequivocally shamatha practices. There's just no doubt about it. You're focusing on a stick or a Buddha image, Hey, that's shamatha, nothing more or less than shamatha. And likewise, this five-colored bindu at the heart. That's a very, very deep, profound, and classic shamatha practice. So we know by context then, when he says that first, and then these other two shamatha practices, they're in the same basket, it's pretty clear he's presenting merging mind with space as a shamatha practice, because that's the whole context, right? But it's also clear that with the same method, exactly the same method, of merging mind with space. If you are a person who is very ripe, then, even as superior faculties, you may just slip right into an unmediated realization of Rikpa and be able to skip shamatha, vipassana, and texture because you're already there in 20 days. You just, you know, blew off the dust, a little veil, a little crust, that veiled realization, what have you, that one may have had in past life. That was enough. You just, like just, like an old mantle that's been collecting dust. You're, Oh, beautiful mahogany. So beautiful. But it didn't look very nice with the dust on it. All I saw was the dust. In fact, I looked over there and all I saw was, boy, that's dusty. But then I just go for 20 days and, oh, what a beautiful antique. What a nice, what a nice inheritance. Look what grandma left me. So, same method for one person, shamatha. For another person, it's the fast track to realizing rikpa. So, let's continue practicing. Um, seven hours. So not 21 days, not seven days, but seven hours. Continue merging mind with space as much as you can. And then this afternoon, we'll pick up with the next section of the text of the natural liberation. We'll return to now his section, a fairly extensive section, quite an amazing section, on Vipassana, which will include both fathoming the nature of the mind, but also identifying Rikpa. Long section on that, so we don't have long to wait. But there's a real, all I can say, I don't know, I, I lose words. I, all I can say is brilliant. There's a, a brilliant sequence here from this practice, that sequence of practices of Shama to releasing the mind into space, then right into searching for the mind, and then identifying awareness let alone what follows after that. I just find it breathtaking. Uh, it is sheer brilliance of this direct route to fathoming the nature of the mind, the substrate consciousness, and cutting right on through to pristine awareness. So let's take full advantage, really. Extraordinary teaching. And if I can just get out of the way, I'll do best if I'm totally out of the way and I'm totally invisible. Because this is an ordinary guy. You know, I've had wonderful teachings, but I'm an ordinary guy. So if you just don't see me, you know, really, if you just don't see me at all, 
transparent, then I will have done my job well. Okay? Oh, yeah. Good. See you at 4.30. <clears throat>